Hey, good morning, church. Good to see you in God's house. Look at somebody. Say you look good today. Hopefully it's somebody that, that you know. If you don't, then look at somebody else and say you look great in God's house. Come on, you're a good-looking church. Man, hey, we have man-to-man. Come on, man, where are you at? We're smoking a lot of meat. We're throwing axes. We're hitting golf balls. We're going we're gonna to get in touch with Jesus. It's going to be a great event. Four o'clock, it starts here. We're just pre-gaming, and then at 6.30, we have our service. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Our first one. Come ready. Come hungry. Man, are you ready for the word today? Come on, we're going to have a good time today in God's house. If you would, bow your heads. You're joining us online. Welcome to Hope Point. Father God, today, we thank you for your word. It's life. God, we pray that you'd open our heart right now. Let everything else fall away. Let's fix our eyes on you. Father, whatever you want to do, we give you permission change and rearrange us right now. We thank you, Father, that your word is life. Opinions don't matter. Your word is true and eternal, and it brings about transformational change. So, Father, do what you want to do in this place. We love you, we honor you, and we honor your word. Jesus, we honor you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is uh, called Take the City. Everybody say, Take the City. Come on, God, uh, the, the title of this message is called Close Encounters. It's all about connecting with God in an amazing way. I really feel like God has um, amazing plans for our lives and for our church, and it's going to take another level of faith, and it's going to take another level of, 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 of faith-filled declaration. Come on, speaking the word of life over your life and over your situation. I just even felt uh, this morning that there's some people that God's put big plans in your heart and you are to confirm those things with positive declaration. You're to say, okay, God, I believe that and I receive that. I'm not talking about a name it, claim it thing or some empty kind of thing or some selfish thing. I'm talking about declaring the word of God over your life. Are you with me today? Come on. The Bible says, why would I say that? Because in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Come on. Do you think that God's uh, just, just mincing words here? Do you think that he just pick words that, that he doesn't mean? The tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. The, 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 the verse that we get our title from, this series from Proverbs 16, 32. Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city or one who rules his spirit over one that takes a city. I believe God wants us to take our city for him. Come on, I believe God wants us to take our city for him. The only way that's going to happen is if we partner in faith with him. There's lots of scriptures that deal with our mouth and our tongue. Come on. And, and by the way, if you're just wondering, this is hitting me as much as it's hitting you. So if you say, ouch, I'm saying, ouch, with you. In, in Luke 6, 27 and 28, Jesus says, but I tell you who hear me. Come on. Can you hear him today? But I tell you who hear me. A lot of people are around him, but don't hear him. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Come on. Love your enemies, even in election season. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You know where the word bless means? It, it doesn't just mean to act kindly towards. It means to celebrate with praise. 
Jesus is saying, celebrate with praise those who invoke a curse on you. Come on, because cursing means to invoke divine harm or evil upon. It's not just calling somebody a bad name. It's when somebody means you harm, God, Jesus says, bless those who curse you. Wow. Because guess what? You don't have to worry about a curse because if you're a Christian, no, no unmet curse can light on you. And that's what the Bible says. Come on. That, that, that no undeserved curse will ever light on you. So, so you don't got to worry about curses. You just bless and we'll win them over by our kindness. Are you with me? Some, 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 some other verses on the tongue, which I love. Proverbs 34, 11. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life, I don't know about you, and desires to see many good days. Come on. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Woo! Come on, somebody. I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. The psalmist says, David says, I'll put a muzzle on my mouth. You know, you see a dog with a muzzle because you know that they, they might have a tendency to bite. Hello, people of God. <laughs> Sometimes before you walk into a situation, you just got to put shut to the up. Lock it down. Say, I got a muzzle on this thing. Bless you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Reckless, Proverbs 12, 18, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue ha of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, 4, the tongue that, that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So here's what Solomon is telling us. With your mouth, you can either build a hospital or a firing range. Are you hearing me? With your mouth, you can build a hospital or a firing range. You can plant a tree or build an olive press. Proverbs 12, 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So let's build something that will last because the truth of God will last forever. Are you with me? Are you with me? Proverbs 25, 15, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. It's power. I love Psalm 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Man, when somebody's just getting at you and you're just kind and, and, and gentle, I, it just takes all the oxygen out of the fire. You know what I'm saying right now? Come on. Be wise. Be wise, church. See, the reality is our tongue, through confession, establishes our faith, and it's involved in your salvation. God honors the power of your tongue. It's a spiritual principle. Look at Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, but it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. God, your salvation from death to life, from heaven, from hell to heaven, come on, from, from to into eternity is partly predicated upon what this thing says right here. If you don't think it doesn't have creative power, you're wrong. You're wrong. God, God bases our eternal focus and value on what we confess. Are you with me? That, that our eternal destination is based upon what we confess because God created through speech. The Bible says what? How did God create? Let there be light. He spoke. In, in describing that creation event, Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. by faith. Come on, say it like you mean to say, by faith. By faith we understand. 
By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen is, was not made out of what was visible. Hear me now. There are some things that you can only understand by faith. You're not going to understand them outside of faith. You're not going to understand them until you get in faith. They won't make sense to you until you're in faith. But God spoke things into existence. He speaks things over us. And when he speaks things over us, it releases a power. It creates possibilities. It gives life. G uh, Peter said, where else can we go, Jesus? You have the, the words of eternal life. Ah, he wasn't just meaning you make me feel good. He's saying that when you speak, something's released and it brings eternal life. My spirit and my soul come alive. Are you with me? Come on. I'm spitting truth at you today. Hear me, church. When God speaks, it creates possibilities. So guess what? Because we're made in his image, you have declarative power. Look at what Job 22, 28 says. You also will declare a thing and it will be established for you. Did you hear that? You will declare a thing and it will be established for you. This is not a wishy-washy thing. This is not a selfish thing. This is not a name it, claim it thing. This is not, oh, my greatest desires. No, when you get the heart and will of God for your life and you mix faith with it and you combine faith with it and you speak it out in faith, it is established for you and it's only a matter of time you declare it. Is anybody out there? Come on, 830 service. Help me out now. When the voice of God said something over your life, it creates a power that's released. In Joshua 1, verse 9, he, God says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What happened when Joshua heard this? Look at the very next verse. He ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get supplies ready. Three days from now, you're crossing over the Jordan into your promise. Come on. God spoke a word. It released life. Joshua received it by faith. He went and conquered Jericho and 31 other kings. 31 other kings. God's word when you speak it over your life it has a power and too often we fall into a trap Jesus talks about it in Matthew 12 verse 36 he says but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment uh oh for every careless word they have spoken for by your words you will be acquitted Jesus is Lord and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus will honor what you say. Isn't that interesting? That he gave you the power. The gifts and callings of, of God are without repentance. He honors the principle that he established. So if you speak life, the tongue that has the power of life and death, those that love it will eat its fruit. So God will honor his principle in your life. By your words you will be acquitted by your words you will be condemned see sometimes we talk like no one's listening uh oh uh oh duck sometimes we talk like we don't got to pay the tab at the end of the night you with me our mouths are writing checks that we can't cover are you hearing me today anybody out there today awfully quiet in here today I'll move on 1 Peter 2 11 
Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. So if we as Christians are aliens and strangers here, if heaven is our home, then shouldn't our language be different? Hello? If we're foreigners on earth, then why are we talking like the world? You want me to keep going? It's going to be a day to day. We're going to have church today. When you go to another country, you don't speak the native language. Why? Because it's not your home. You go to Mexico, bienvenidos. That's about all I got. Agua, por favor. There you go. Why? But when you, but, but when you come to America, you can talk real well. Why? Because it's your home. Is anybody with me? If heaven is your home, then why don't we use the language of heaven? Oh, we're going to talk about it. See, linguists have studied language and they said that normally there's actually no formal process to learn speech. You learn it organically, but children who are never spoken to will never acquire language. Number one. Number two, that they can't just hear language and learn it. If they just listen to language on TV or on a radio, a child will never learn to speak. They have to learn language through interaction. Oh, I'm going to break it down for you in a minute here. Here, children acquire language through interaction. Mm. And it's just as easy for a child to acquire two or more languages at the same time as long as they are regularly interacting with the speakers of those languages. So let's see what God says about this. Most of the time, we aren't trained to naturally speak like our heavenly father. James is right. No one can tame the tongue, but God can. That's why Isaiah 50 verse 4 says this. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, make, wake, awakens my ear like one being taught. If faith comes by hearing, then maybe doubt does too. I'm thinking about the, the, uh, Eve and the serpent in the garden here. You better watch what you listen to. God has to train our ears to hear something different so that we can speak something different. Are you with me? If we don't hear God, then how can we use the language of heaven? See, children learn language through interaction. So you know what that tells me? We've got, we have a heavenly father, whereas children, we've got to learn to interact with him through de developing a personal relationship with him where we hear him, he wakens our ear, he gives us an instructed tongue, and then we can align our mouth with the language of heaven, speak the language of heaven, speak faith, establish things, and see them come to pass. Are you with me today? Unfortunately, the Apostle James and linguistic scholars agree that you can speak two languages if you have interaction with both speakers. So let's not interact with the world and its language and its doubt. Let's just interact with Jesus and his word and faith and we'll have a different kind of language. Because James 3.10 says this, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh and salt water come from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? A grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. There we go, trees again, another analogy. 
So my parents went up to Carter's Mountain. They picked this apple from the Garden of Eden. This thing is massive, genetically modified something. I don't know, but it's huge. It's huge. It's, it's, it's called a, a honey, yeah, whatever it is, but it's just massive, honey crisp, but it's huge. So, so, so listen, you know the tree, Jesus said you'll know the tree by its fruit. You with me? It's against the nature of a tree to bear fruit of another tree that isn't the same species. Remember, see, I want, to, I want you to hear this. Negativity gives an instant release for people that have a low emotional quotient. You've heard of IQ, there's an EQ. Your emotional quotient. It's easy to be negative, but positivity takes time. It's like faith is like a seed and so is the gospel. Hear me. Seeds take time to develop. In a get it now society, we don't like to wait for anything. In the kingdom of God, obedience waters the seeds of faith and produces an incredible harvest. So look at this. An apple has five seeds. A single semi-dwarf apple tree, for example, can produce 500 apples in a season and be productive for 20 years. So you get 10,000 apples from each tree. If you've got five seeds, this can produce 50,000 apples. That's an apple a day for the next 137 years. How do you look at an apple? How do you look at the seed that you plant with your mouth? How do you look at what you establish? How do you look at, look at the investment that we make with our tongue? Because your eyes will always confirm what your tongue confesses. Your eyes will always confirm what your tongue confesses, and here's why. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus says the eyes are the windows to the soul, to the heart. They only reveal what's already there. So when I confess with my tongue, it automatically shifts my eyes to whatever I'm looking at. Well, where, I, where I'm looking is where I'm walking. Are you... Anybody out there? Where I'm looking is where I'm walking. So if I'm, not, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not declaring faith, then what am I walking towards? Doubt and negativity and junk. Hear me now. But your tongue is an investment in your future. If you have a cheap investment, you'll get a lousy dividend. You can't go through a drive-thru and expect USDA prime result. The quality of your speech is directly proportional to the quality of your faith. I can tell how much faith you have by how, by how you talk. You can tell how much faith I have by how I talk. 2 Corinthians 14, 13 says this. It is written, I believed. Say it with me. I believed. I believed. Therefore, I spoke. Therefore I Come on, let's do it again. This is a participatory sport today. Say, I believed. I believed. Therefore, I spoke. So what are you believing? Because whatever you believe is going to be what you speak. He says, with that same spirit of faith, Paul says to the Corinthian church, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. I believed, therefore I spoke. Ooh. I'm having fun today. I don't know about you, but I'm having fun. See, the enemy always likes to undermine your speech. Hear me. Always likes to undermine your speech. That's why 2 Corinthians, through negative confession, when the Israelites went into the, they, they had been in the desert for two years out of Egypt. They go up to the promised land, and guess what? 10 out of the 12 spies says, no, we can't. No, God can't. No, they're bigger than we are. 
negative confession. So they wandered in the desert for 38 years and died looking at the promise but never obtaining it. It only took Joshua and Caleb, two guys who said, yes, we can, yes, he can, they ain't nothing, and they walked in, and they were old. God just says, I'll use a couple of geriatrics to kick the enemy's tail and get the promise because faith means more to me than looks. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that's the case? Second Corinthians says this, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, Jesus Christ, it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen, the so let it be, the I agree, is spoken by us to the glory of God. No is an expression of a lack of faith, and it comes from fear, anxiety, the wrong focus, misapplied faith, the wrong perspective, or weak faith. But the vocabulary of heaven, if you want to know, you want to know? Okay, I won't tell you then. You want to know? The vocabulary of heaven is yes, amen, can do, all things are possible, we're more than conquerors, he works all things together for our good, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm above and not below, I'm the front and not the back, come on. Where do you see anything negative in the vocabulary of God? Oh, wait, you don't. But we're interacting with the wrong one. So we adopt the wrong language. Hear me. Negative confession. There was a guy in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were old. They couldn't have children. And one day, in fact, the Bible says that they were, that they were, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. When the Bible says very old, it means very old. They were both very old. Like he was shuffling to the house of God, not walking. You hearing me? Here's what I want you to see. Heartache comes to everybody. The sun shines on the just and on the unjust. The righteous and on the unrighteous. You're going to go through some things. But here's what I want you to know. And this is really, really, really important. Hear me now. One day, and this is vital for you to see, God shows up. The Bible says Zechariah's division was on duty that day, and he was serving as the priest before God. He was chosen by lot. According to the priesthood, he was going to offer incense. So he's the one who got to go in and offer incense before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Incense is, is, is prayer and worship. It's what they would burn. And while he's doing it, an angel shows up. The guy's name is Gabriel. He's a big angel. He's an important one. He's an archangel. When he shows up, things go happen you hear me he's the same one that showed up to mary in the exact same chapter and he says zachariah you're gonna have a child you come on you and elizabeth are gonna have a baby and he's gonna be 
John the Baptist. And you're, you're going to name him John. He's going to prepare the way of the Lord. He's going to bring great joy. And the angel goes off on this guy's son, just how awesome he's going to be. And Zechariah says, how will this happen? This can't be. We're too old. Brother, you talking to an angel. Do you know who you, you misread who you're talking to here? I stand in the very presence of God, Gabriel says. Hear me. I stand in the very presence of God. You know what Zechariah was doing? Focusing on his problem more than his promise. And a lot of us focus on our problem more than his promise. All of his promises are yes. And so we say, seven are you going to get a promise. All of his promises are yes. And so we say, you got to practice it. You got to let it roll off the tongue. So Zechariah, here's what the angel does, because God doesn't want him to lose his promise. He says, you won't be able to speak until the child's born. He just shut him up. <laughs> Zechariah comes out going. Everybody's like, man got drunk in the house of God. What's he doing? They didn't know what happened, but they knew something happened. The moment that Elizabeth gives that baby on the eighth day, they take him, they take John, circumcise him, have the child. He says, his name will be John. Immediately, as soon as he obeyed the angel, he began to speak, praising God. God doesn't want you to miss out on the promises that he has for your life. And sometimes it's better to just lock it up than to, than to say something that will undermine his work in your life. Because he honors his principle of confession and power. Hear me now. And you, church, man, you need to start declaring some great things over your life. I want you to bow your heads with me for a minute. Our prayer team's going to come. I really felt like there was a couple people in here. I don't know who it is. But you literally wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say things like that are so devastating about yourself. And God says you're made in my image you're my child and I love you and I gave my son for you don't 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 speak about what I've created you're made in my image start to confess good things over your life I just on driving on the way here I felt like there were people in this church that just speak negatively over themselves and today I want to ask you right now I want you to do something for me if you're here today and you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I'm not talking about, oh, I believe in God and it's my private, my private affair and all that. No, it isn't. The Bible says we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. If you're here today and you need to come to a Savior, I want you to say this prayer with me. Our whole church is going to pray. At the end of it, I'm asking you to raise your hand. It's important that you acknowledge, I've declared that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You start your life with positive confession. For others of you, God's put a dream in your heart. You need to start confessing positively about him. Say this prayer with me. Say, God, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I turn from it and I need your help. I need your grace. Wash me clean, Jesus. I give you my life today. I make you my Lord and Savior, Jesus. I believe that you paid a price I couldn't. When you rose again, you conquered death and hell. I receive your grace today. 
as you give me a new start, as you give me abundant life, as you give me eternal life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. You said that prayer, you meant it in your heart, raise your hand right now. Come on, come on, nice and high. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, who else, who else? Nice and high. Don't, don't hesitate. Nice and high. Come on, I want to make sure you don't leave here without acknowledging that. Come on, is there anybody else? Let's give them a hand today. Come on. 